0: Oh yeah, welcome to another edition of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, joined as always by my co-host, Joey Moore. Lots to get into this week, four epic divisional round games. To recap, uh, we're down to the final four, Uh, 49ers, of course, Uh, Eagles, Bengals, and Chiefs. Uh, We're going to get to the jack and the bum of the week, go over some best bets, give out some wild takes, but first, we need to introduce the first ever guest in the history of the podcast i can't believe it we got a guest on the pod 12 episodes in look at us it's my good friend johan Pacla. how's it going buddy good to see
1: you it feels good baby <laughs> can't lie i was really hoping that that review would lead to bigger and better things and now here i am as a guest keep <laughs> posting those five-star reviews you never know what's gonna bring just one you. of our longtime listener first-time callers Yeah, <laughs> exactly
0: Our illustrious franchise is growing week after week, so uh, anybody out there who wants to give us a five-star review, you too could be on the podcast. All you have to do is, you know, befriend one of us for several years to be qualified to be on here, but uh, so let's give you a quick intro here. So, Johan, huge 49er fan. Um, We've been friends since we met at our old work at Safeway headquarters. Um, You got an elite knowledge of the NFL, soccer, and golf. And you're either the best or the second-best golfer I've ever met. You fucking roll out of bed and shoot like a 74, and it pisses me off to no end. But uh, we're we're really excited to have you on the pod. Thanks for setting aside some time. Uh, we're bringing you on because we're going to recap the weekend, but the main event is the 49er roundtable with you two, uh, previewing the biggest game for 49ers fans since, since the Super Bowl against the Chiefs in 2019. So uh, big pod coming up. Uh, We have to start, though, with the 49ers-Cowboys game before we get into next week. Uh, 1912 final, a lot of jitters among Niner fans throughout that game. I got texts from, of course, both of you guys, from my uncle, from lots of folks who were just like never comfortable in that game, not for one minute. So we'll start with you, Joey, and then we'll go over to Johan. What was your takeaway from that game? You do win, you do cover, but a lot of question marks after that divisional round win.
2: Yeah, Dallas deserves a lot of credit. They were a lot better than I gave them credit for. Um, their front seven is damn good. We The overall takeaway is we got whooped up front for the entire first half for the most part and didn't really take until like the fourth quarter when we had to have a couple drives with the touchdown and then the drive to kick a field goal to uh, to go up. I guess, yeah, it was 19-12. But yeah, they, they were they were damn good. Um Purdy did his job in the sense he did not turn the ball over, which is why they won the game, because Dak turned it over twice. And Purdy, you know, didn't have for 330 yards and four touchdowns like he did last week, but he had a he had a big zero in the turnovers, and that's a big deal when you play against a defense as good as they were. Um reading post game stuff, I thought it was pretty interesting that they mentioned that they found out really quickly that they weren't gonna be able to run their offense, whether it was running plays or pass plays horizontally, like they usually like to, with the stretch zone outside and then the screens to Debo, the reverses to Debo, the quick passes to McCaffrey. Because Dallas, they actually, it looked like they lined up Micah Parsons more as a linebacker than they, I don't know the exact numbers, but that they lined him up more as a linebacker than a defensive end than they usually do because he was able to run down a lot of these outside you know, zone, zone stuff that Kyle likes to run. Um but yeah, didn't turn the ball over. Uh but hey, they don't ask Kyle, they ask how many. And uh at the end of the at the end of the night it felt great, baby.
0: <laughs> That's what we were expecting. You know, I, I thought I we both were all over Niners minus three and a half going into the game last week. The thing is the way it got there was very confusing to me. And Johan, you were texting me about this is I expected going into the game, and I think you did too. The game plan was going to be, you know, twenty-five carries for McCaffrey and fifteen for Mitchell, or something like that. Establish the run. That's how you take Dallas's pass rush out of the game. But you said, "What is this topsy turvy play calling in the first half from Kyle?" What? What? What did you see there,
1: Joe? You are you are so kind in giving Dallas credit. I am not going to, even though they did great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I refuse to just because it's Dallas, but that whole game gave me some some nervous fart clinching man (laughs) it was (laughs) it was rough and just watching it going back and forth with field goals it just never felt like in the first half we could just pull away Mm -hmm. and we all know when you let teams linger and hang on bad things can happen right but it was pretty funny though that one of the kickers or the kicker itself got that block and i think yeah. at that point you had missed what five straight field goal attempts and it didn't I look remember, like it was going in anyway yeah <laughs> exactly. even if it didn't get blocked it was exactly it was, it was, well, it was, wide, it was well 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 wide but honestly though joking aside i think dallas did a great job yesterday basically what they did was cover the mid to the short and basically made the team throw long which meant longer protection times per snap but at that same time they were just getting to Purdy all the time so it was really rough you know our our offensive line had problems in the beginning but i'm glad they were able to figure out by halftime
0: yeah it was early in the first half joey's like right side of the offensive line including the center he's like right tackle right guard and center are a zero right now and i was like that's, that's, you know, it was. I read little... today
2: that, the, that Purdy was pressured on 48.5% of his dropbacks, which that sounds, is an astronomical yeah, number.
0: That sounds accurate. It was, and this is why Purdy is kind of the ideal quarterback for Shanahan's system because he takes a pounding and will throw the ball in the face of getting hit. That pass he threw to, I believe it was Jennings uh, on the crossing route where he went all the way across the field to, uh, You know, I think it set him up for a field goal late in the first half, and my whole thought there was Jimmy throws that ball away or to to the running back in a check down, but Purdy waited and waited and waited and threw it with an eighth of a second before he got absolutely popped, and I was like, that is what Kyle likes. Joe, you've been hammering that all year. It's like the reason he likes (laughs) Purdy so much is he can take the hit and let go of the ball right before he gets pummeled.
2: Yeah, he goes through his progressions, but I think what's been his biggest asset especially yesterday and is his ability to move in the pocket. Is he is he Justin Fields running? No. But he's moves a lot more than Jimmy ever did and that's why Jimmy's hurt a lot. This isn't the best pass protecting O-line in the league. It's a much better run blocking. I mean, outside of All-World tackle Trent Williams, um they don't pass protect very well and Purdy does you've seen him in the last few games he scrambles all over and and he throws the ball away a lot more than Jimmy ever did. Um Jimmy would either take a sack or throw it late high over the middle and usually do the other team. Um Purdy's not doing that and that's why they won and 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 I hate to say it but Dallas like we're on this winning streak. Dallas was by far the best team they've played in a long time. And I think it was kind of maybe the first half was a little bit of a shock not that they didn't expect it but like they're I no, thought they more, were, no more
0: jv matchups the rest of the way yeah
2: i mean like because i was like you johan like wow we're like purdy's running for his life like what, what are we doing and and i was texting um a couple other people in there and they were kind of reminding me like dallas's front seven is damn good like dexter lawrence you know drives a nice car too micah parsons drives a very nice car <laughs> these are like these they can play and and they rush the passer. I believe the best pass pass rush win win rate in the league. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna the good thing they got practice because Philly's even better. Philly doesn't have as high as a pass rush win rate, but I believe they have a higher sack rate. Um, so they needed they needed that practice because they're no longer going against, you know, the Raiders, Arizona, you know, whatever they are. Right. Um, the closest thing would have been Washington's front four, but they don't have the front seven. They don't have the linebackers. Exactly. Um, exactly.
0: Yeah, I was so obviously we'll get to this later when we're, we're previewing the game against Philly. But I was really shocked by how the performance of the Niners' offense and really Kyle Shanahan's play calling dipped when they played a quality opponent. So this is the first game, and that shows you how bad fucking Tampa Bay was. That this is the first quality opponent that the you know Niners have faced in the Purdy era. Um, I, I was shocked. I I thought, you know, I saw some play calling from Shanahan that reminded me of, oh, this is why he's gotten that reputation with the Atlanta loss, with the Super Bowl loss, that he's not a guy who can finish out games or handle the big moment. We'll talk more about Kyle later in in, in the podcast, but Johan, I want to throw it to you here. You were a little bit concerned late in the game. Um you were texting me like, this is too close for comfort. Is there a feeling among Niner fans that like, yes, we love Kyle. He's our guy. But in those late game moments where it's like, Hey, this game is still close. Do do you get worried because of your head coach instead of being confident because of him?
1: I'll even take it back a step further. It's, it's in our blood right now, man. I feel like it's been in our blood since 2012 when Jim Harbaugh would get this monstrous lead and then after that just start running the ball and pretty much abandoning any sort of play calling to play not to lose right so it's been ingrained it's something that has always stuck with us and Mm -hmm. gives me those nervous farts man when (laughs) until until the clock hit zero i i was joking with eric do not send me the the google doc for the pod because i i don't want it to be that bad luck to where hey we sent the doc we started planning and then it didn't pan out unfortunately that's what happened to the vikings
0: (laughs) i texted both of you when the not the final possession with the stupid zeke at center play but the possession before that when dallas had it that was hilarious I i said They are going for two if they score because they know they have the second best team on the field. I felt like, say they go down there and Dallas scores and it's 19-18 with 45 seconds left. They are going for two. They have a kicker they can't trust and they have the second best team on the field. There is no reason not to go for two there. And I texted you both that and I got no response because this is what happens when it's your team in the game with when it's me i'm like oh this is great tv you two are fucking sphincter puckered over there just like i had no time to text no time to talk to anybody this is my moment
2: i have no time to eat later. either which is saying something for me
0: <laughs> and there's nothing like it too We'll we'll talk about this at the end of the pod but being in these big moments with your team when you love your team as much as you do there's nothing like it and it's like It's hard to explain to people who don't like sports, so we'll get to that more at the end of the pod. Uh, Yeah, before we get to the jack and the bum of the week, let's recap the other games. I want to start with Bills-Bengals. All three of us called it, and I think the vast majority of the American betting public called it, why was Buffalo a six-point favorite in that game? It was wild. We can all tell from the get-go in that game that not only are the Bengals the better team on the field and have the better quarterback, they were actually like better coached, which is shocking because I shit on Zach Taylor professionally on this podcast. But what a game for Burrow. What a game for the coaching staff there at the Bengals. What a game for Joe Mixon and those backup offensive linemen. Uh, what were some takeaways, Joey, from that that Bills-Bengals game uh, that preceded your game? Uh,
2: number one, Buffalo severely missed Vaughn Miller. Yeah. Um, also, I just don't. I mean, I think the gap between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen is a lot bigger than people want to admit. Um, Josh Allen has been compared, I've heard, I'm not going to take credit for this, compared to like Mike Tyson. He mm-hmm. will knock you out, but if he doesn't knock you out, it's like he starts to worry if he's how long he can go, mm-hmm. you know, because he knows he's flawed or gets to whatever it is. I'm not saying that about Tyson, but you know, like if he they start to be like, hmm, haven't knocked him out, like, you know. I got okay. a shot mm-hmm. like yeah it starts like it it's like it stays in their mind and that feels like what Buffalo is They just don't they're not consistent. They have literally no run game Um, But their defense like I mean it was like 14 boop, nothing boop, 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 around the field and it's like <laughs> You know Sean McDermott like you're a defensive guy like You know, I know you had some injuries, but uh, you're at home. It's in the snow like I mean, do something. I mean, it was twenty-seven ten. It shouldn't even have been that close, because um, mm-hmm. I know Burrow actually missed a throw like in the fourth quarter that they kicked a field goal to go up twenty-seven ten. Could have been thirty-one mm-hmm. ten, and and yeah, I, the Bengals are in a different class than Buffalo right now, and and uh, we'll see what Josh Allen does next year because he he didn't he definitely regressed without Brian Dayball, and I'm starting to wonder if he's a, I mean. Clear what Dayball's done with Danny Dan, Danny Dimes and in the Giants, but might also be clear what he's left in Buffalo with Josh Allen because he might need a he might need a upgrade somewhere in the coaching staff. I don't know, but yeah, the, the gap between those two teams is is big.
0: Yeah, and which was um, all the more shocking that the line got up to six, and it probably should have been like two and a half, but it went up that high because the thought was, oh, three missing starting offensive linemen for the Bengals, that's going to spell doom for them. They got the ball out so quick, and when they ran, they ran downhill. Those offensive linemen did a great job, but the coaching was awesome. Johan, you were texting me during that game yesterday like, I really wanted this to be like a really good game, like game of the weekend, and from the get-go, it was not. It was just a complete domination, and I think you, along with the rest of us, are on the Bengals bandwagon big time now, right?
1: Better send those refunds. It it was a weird one, man. Have you have you ever guys have you guys seen that meme with Toby Maguire when he has the glasses and whatnot? Mm-hmm. You look at him, it looks clear, he kind of takes it off and looks kind of weird. Yeah,
2: I have. And you know when I last saw it, it was a foggy picture of Joe Montana, and then he puts the glasses on and it was Brock Purdy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I actually was thinking about it something a little different. And I'm not <laughs> gonna bag on him for last year because he, he balled out last year and in and, and his battle with Mahomes. But this year, you know, it looks a little foggy. Right, and then he takes it off, and lo and behold, he's starting to enter that Dak Prescott territory. Oh, where I'm not going that far, but I can see where you're going. I love it. You look at him, and you know, is he really he's got a gigantic to that turnover problem? You know, is he living up to that hype? Right, you're, you're a superstar, superstars got to perform, and if you keep putting up games like that, you're gonna be the white Dak man. <laughs>
0: Which Kirk Cousins currently holds that mantle for being the white Dak, but you know what?
2: See, no, see, I feel like a bigger Vikings fan, like with that, because comparing Kirk to Dak is not fair to Kirk.
0: <laughs> f- so Kirk is one and three. You hear Coward Carter on TV all the time.
2: Coward calls calls like Dak a Kirk, but like better PR team. Like he's somehow deemed cooler. I'm like <laughs> no. Kirk is, <laughs> Kirk is way better than Dak.
0: But Johan's tapping into something that a lot of people are saying online this week. It's like, hey, when the Vikings got destroyed, we were all ready to just shit on Cousins. When certain teams flame out, it's like, they, like Dallas. It's like the media just piles on. But with Buffalo, obviously, they get a little bit of a pass because of the Hamlin situation. But I think people are afraid because of that situation to say what it was, which was, Buffalo severely underperformed in that game and severely underperformed against Miami. So it's like, is this a team that underperformed from, you know, what we expected them to be after they blasted the Rams in week one? Or was this just who they were all along? Like. a team that's above average as obviously a well above average quarterback but their ceiling is way lower than we originally thought or was buffalo a fraud like that's what we're looking at right now especially if we're willing to compare josh allen to Dak. which i mean the comparison isn't that wild like both are i believe Dak is two and four and allen is two and three in the playoffs so it's like you
1: can you're kind of there. see it you're trending in that direction i mean i texted you earlier or during the game that Buffalo are just paper Tigers man they they look good on paper in the beginning of the year everyone picked Buffalo or Kansas City it was a two-horse race there was talk of
0: Buffalo going 17 and0 after they beat the Rams in
1: week one I was like whoa <laughs> exactly and you, you look towards the end of the season they're just barely getting by they mm-hmm. barely get by Miami and coming into this game I felt like their number was up and after they went down 14. I figured that was a wrap week. One of the
0: playoffs, a big win for the like advanced stats, you know, like the, you know, PFF, you know, DVOA, the Mina Kimes types who are all about the advanced analytics because, you know, all the teams that were supposed to win won. Buffalo, with the exception of Buffalo, who didn't li- live up to expectation this week, advanced analytics took a hit because the advanced analytics said Buffalo was not only number one in DVOA, they were the number one offense, the number one defense, and the number one special teams, and they got spanked by a team that you know the the PFF folks had like ninth or tenth in the league in Cincinnati. So tough week for those guys. Um, everybody thought going into that Giants game, looking at you, Joey, that it would be quite competitive. <laughs> uh we took them at plus seven and a half in our picks of the week not because i thought that was a good bet but because somebody was very confident that the giants were not only going to cover but going to win uh what a performance by philly going into that game i thought you know if the giants establish the run they can have a shot but that game was over in the first quarter so Dayball, great job this season coach of the year candidate possibly winner but what a horrendous end for the Giants in that game in Philadelphia, and what a way to silence all the critics from Nick Sirianni and the boys.
2: Yep, I was wrong. Where? Where Joey was, was wrong? wrong. <laughs> yeah,
0: where?
2: <laughs> I, yeah, not much to say. This was over. This was this was varsity versus JV. This was. Yeah, no, I I don't know what to say. It was the it was words, the word
0: vanilla vic came out of your mouth like i'm still sticking that
2: that's a great nickname (laughs) i'm not gonna back down from that
0: so i told you right before we ended the pod last week the reason that i wasn't that confident in your giants pick is because the giants played a college defense in week one of the playoffs now they're playing an nfl defense in week two nobody loses more in this than the vikings because god did we suck if we got absolutely housed by quote-unquote vanilla Vic the week before and then he puts up seven measly points against philadelphia the following week uh johan obviously you were tuned out of that game early we were texting you were like i just want the night game to be a good game and
1: (laughs) that's really what it came down to i remember i was watching i was watching the game over dinner my wife and i we went out for a family dinner and it just so happened that the TV was right in front of me. Kind of weird getting, considering it was a Chinese restaurant, but with a big TV, I'm not going to complain. Business is booming. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, this is going to be a great one. And it, it got weird because it started to get a little hazy. And then for some reason, it started looking like the TCU Georgia game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <then> at that <laughs> point, it was really hard to pay attention because at that point, you knew G- the Giants weren't coming back. and one it of those... was more entertaining to watch my kids eat than it was to, <laughs> to watch the game.
0: One of those games that just, like, is going to be forgotten. Like, we t- like, for instance, the Niners-Saints 2011 game, everybody still talks about that unbelievable divisional round game at Candlestick. This divisional round game will be forgotten immediately. Like, nobody's going to be like, hey, remember when the Eagles won 38-7 to in the second round against the Dayball Daniel Jones Giants? Completely forgettable game. We're moving on. Jaguars-Chiefs was the first game of the weekend on Saturday. So, obviously, the big story coming out of that game is Mahomes' injury, and we'll get to that uh, when we preview next week. But I thought the Jags probably deserved to maybe not win the game, but it should have been closer than what the result indicated. The Agnew fumble was a killer. Joey, we were texting throughout that game. Doug Peterson can coach, man. Like, they were in that game.
2: Yeah, I mean... Give them a lot of credit, Jaguars. They're they're going to be an up and coming team. I thought Trevor Lawrence was rebounded again. I I mean, if I was him, I still would have thought about those four picks thrown in the first half. Um, yeah, they they I mean they compete there. I mean they they are not nearly as talented as Kansas City, um, and they held their own. I mean it's it was a I mean it was going to be a long long shot for them to win, but I, I thought they I thought they played well. And uh yeah, Dougie P, um he can coach. It's a big difference between him and uh Urban and uh whatever he had going on last year, but they they have a guy with a brain. Um and uh Who's yeah, focused on football. Yeah. I mean if you were gonna kick a kicker in the leg, you might maybe McCarthy should have kicked Brad Maher, but <laughs> nope. They're their real team. Um Jaguars are back. No one asked, but Jaguars are back.
0: <laughs> Johan, during that game, I was thinking, okay, you know, we we expected, you know, a well-coached performance from the Jags, having a Super Bowl-winning head coach. But to me, the thing that people are going to take out of that, besides the Holmes injury, is yet again an underwhelming performance from Kansas City at home in the playoffs. This is now, I mean, really since even when they won the Super Bowl, I believe they were down in a divisional home game, 24, nothing to Houston during that Super Bowl run. So it's like, yeah. at what point do we go, Hey, these Andy Reid teams, there's this little thing starting to develop here. So we were texting about that during the game. And then we were like, it really is all breaking for Cincinnati, given the way things are going here. So uh, Kansas city, not a lot of positives to take out of that one. You would think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think it's also one of those situations to where all playoff games are hard. Minus the Giants and Philly <laughs> game, but at this point, Jacksonville's coming, man. I I, yeah. I love it. I love it. I I've been following Trevor since he was a freshman, and when he won, that was amazing. I knew that I knew that kid would be something special. So, it's great that he actually has a coach that isn't a complete dud. Mm-hmm. But man, they're coming. They're coming. Yeah,
0: they're they're coming. They could be, I think, Jags and Lions, two, you know, fan bases that haven't had anything to cheer about, basically, and I mean Jacksonville their entire existence and the Lions for you know what, sixty years. They're coming up for next year.
2: You know what's still like crazy is that they'll have the game at home again, and we joke about it being the AFC invitational at Kansas City. Patrick Holmes has yet to play a road playoff game.
0: I know, that's insane, right? That's nuts. <laughs> it's 10 AFC home playoff games for him and then two Super Bowls. It's like, insane. it's
2: very, it's very Brady-like. It's like, we're going to just crush our division, get the one seed. You play a team like the Jaguars or like, you know, in the last few years, whatever, whoever that division winner that's clearly worse than the other three and they get, play them in the divisional round and then, okay, they have to win a real game like in the AFC Championship. Last year, they couldn't do it. Um,
0: Brady has 35 postseason wins, and I'm like, it's the most unbelievable stat in sports because the next closest is Montana with 16, but it's like a lot Imagine those... how
2: many he would have if he had, if he didn't have a bye
0: because he probably still would have won some of those. If you include the byes, it's like 48 or whatever. He's had like 13 first-round byes, but not only that. In the second round, he's always playing like Matt Schaub or Andy Dalton or Blake Bortles or and whoever. And there's those and years where like...
2: there's like an upset or something, right. and it's like, oh, he's playing – well, that one year he played the Jaguars in the uh, AFC. That was, right. That's when they were Saxonville.
0: Yeah, and it was Doug Martin. They actually like, blew it. Yeah, they should have won it. And Brady had like broken his pinky or whatever earlier in, that, in like, the practice during the week, and they were saying he wasn't going to play. That was Jacksonville's best ever chance. Another weird stat before we go to jack-in-the-bum of the week. I saw the Jaguars have been to four AFC championship games since the Cowboys last played in an NFC championship game flex tape can't fix that that hurts um <laughs> let's head over to joey's jack in the bum of the week a lot of good candidates as always i listed out a few that i would have gone with jamal agnew love the guy great kick returner had actually a great game return in the ball but his fumble basically sealed the fate for the jags uh vanilla Vic, who really daniel jones was not good last week and i think that nickname needs to be retired and then i was saying you know the Bills' entire team, and then Dak Prescott was another option with his two turnovers. But you're going to go in a different direction for your Jack in the Boom of the Week.
2: As always, fantastic candidates. You know, there, there's not as many games as is there. You know, used to be in the regular season, but you know, the quality is still there. And uh, like you said, you know, could have gone vanilla Vic, but you know what? I don't. Again, doesn't really move the needle. They really idiot me. They had no shot. Jamal Agnew again. Fumble, no one cares. No one cares about Jamal Agnew. Uh, I could go with Dak, but I think his own Twitter account buried him enough. Um, so, we kind of talked about it, but I'm going to go with, and the Jack in the bum of the week for the divisional round. Kind of like last week, but I'm going with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. Because they got absolutely dog-walked. Dummy, I don't know whatever you want to say it, but... They got abused at home in the divisional round to, I mean, very good team. Very good team, Cincinnati Bengals. But what I saw yesterday morning was unacceptable if I'm a member of Bill's Mafia. Uh, It was 14-0 before you could get back to your seat with maybe some popcorn and a hot dog and a soda or whatever for $49. Uh, It was terrible. They couldn't stop anyone on defense. On offense, it looked terrible. It looked broken. It looked. It looked like it was just a hope and a prayer when they snapped the ball for Josh Allen. He was no run per- game whatsoever. He was getting pressured all game, um, and for being a humongous guy, he was taking some shots. And you had Stephon Diggs upset on the sideline. Just all came crashing down. Not even Demar Hamlin in the crowd, in a suite, could pump this team up. Um, it was lifeless. It was bad, and. You know, we kind of talked about earlier, but Josh Allen, why is it again? Why some of these quarterbacks? Why is it never your fault? Like we putting you in the court in the, in the class with Mahomes and, and Burrow. Well, Burrow got to Super Bowl last year and had no line at all. You know, Mahomes won a game with half his lower body. Like Josh Allen, like, you know, you put all these numbers, put all these numbers up, but like, this isn't the NBA. Like, do you win games? Like. We we don't care about you know winning regular season MVPs, which hasn't he hasn't done either. Um, but like do you like win? Like it was like he he somehow got like a participation like trophy for almost beating Mahomes last year. Mm-hmm. And that was only the divisional round. Who's to say he would have beat Joe Burrow? And it's like we just kind of anointed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, deservedly so, he's a damn good player. But like win a game, like Win. You're at home. You're six, like we said, six-point favorites,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it was over. And Sean McDermott, you're a defensive guy. Leslie Fra- Frazier gets all the credit, but you're a defensive guy. It's your team. What do you do on game day? Like, you have nothing to do with the offense. Like, that was day ball, and I actually don't. old oh, Ken Dorsey, Mr. Mm-hmm. Slam is <laughs> iPad guy. <laughs> yeah. um, like, you don't have the offense. What do you do? Like game what do you do? Like do you motivate her? Are you like are you like Jason Garrett? Are you like the clapper? Like what what do you do? And like they've had the same pro- no run game for years. Like when right. does that get fixed? Your offensive line's been not good for years. When does that get fixed? I don't know. I it's, it's
0: like you're not saying, saying Al- he should be Alan's, fired. He's been anointed for years, McDermott, obviously a great coach. So like we're not going to say that either of these guys stink because they're like McDermott's a top 10-12 coach in the league, and Allen is a top 5-6 quarterback in the league. But we're saying these guys may have been prematurely anointed because, I mean, this is now back-to-back crappy playoff performances. Last year, they McDermott's defense, which, as a guy whose team was coached by Leslie Frazier for three full seasons, he ain't that good. And we saw that yesterday. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I start to wonder if, like, the window for Buffalo has actually closed because Allen is going to be paid a ton and it's only going to go higher. You know, McDermott's defense is getting older and worse. I mean, I'm starting to see signs of decline here, and I think that's a good jack-in-the-bum of the week because it's just like, where does Buffalo go from here? Last year it was like, that was probably it's the same, their it's shot. the
2: same loss in the same round, you know, except this one's at home and it it's like, yeah – you don't get this somehow we almost beat patrick mahomes banner it's like they should hang that up in the in the stadium like almost beat mahomes went to overtime got a rule changed 2021 banner
0: <laughs> it'll go right really nicely up there with the sharks regular season champions banner hanging up there at at. uh Whoa, the no, it's right
2: next to the two we have owners of we have banners of owners yeah how cool is that
0: oh my god We'll save that for another pod, the sorry-ass state of the Sharks. So there it is, Joey's Jack in the Bum of the Week for the Divisional Round, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. Uh, let's head over to the main event. So this is why we brought Johan on right here. It's a 49ers roundtable. I am going to ask you two some questions. This is the biggest game for Niner fans since, what was it, Super Bowl 54, I guess, the 2019 season. Um, huge, huge game. You're rolling into the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy, I mean, a rookie and Mr. Irrelevant, nonetheless, the last pick in the draft going up against the powerhouse Eagles team. Awesome matchup. Side note, I did look this up earlier this week. There are three quarterbacks who've started a championship game as a rookie. Uh, none of them won. None of them went to the Super Bowl. It, Roethlisberger, you expect. Joe Flacco, you expect. I remember those vividly. The other one was Sean King for the 99 Buccaneers. Who knew? Crazy stat. Anyway, we're going into this game with a rookie quarterback. I'm going to ask you some questions. You give me some answers as Niner fans. Going into Philly, Philly is favored by two and a half points. What is the aspect of Philly's team that worries you the most about the Niners going into that game? We'll start with you, Johan. What do you worry about most with Philly as a Niner fan?
1: A wise philosopher once told me, do you ever wonder what happens when an unstoppable force meets an unmovable object? <laughs> but with that said, my biggest concern is none other than Jalen Hurts. If you look at the losses that we've had this year, week one, week eight with Mahomes, and eh, as a rushing quarterback for Marcus Mariota, we lost all of them. So we've never been good at containing mobile running quarterbacks. And that's why that's my biggest concern.
0: Right. You faced, uh, to this point in the playoffs, Geno Smith, who is not mobile, and no. Jack Prescott, who is getting less mobile as he gets older and was afraid to run yesterday. Now you're facing a guy who, when healthy, is as good at running in the league as anybody outside of Lamar Jackson and maybe Justin Fields. Um, coming into this game, Joey, what's your biggest concern uh, when you look at the Eagles roster?
2: That's a really good one. That's probably what I would say when – you know, the nine or when the Eagles have the ball, like what's the biggest concern? Although I am a little interested to see like if they, because they really could use him like in zone read stuff. And but like how willing are they to test and see if he gets hit? Because if his shoulder's not like perfectly fine, I would be willing to bet that those, you know, Niners defenders are saying, if we take a shot, if we get one, take it and um, probably live with a 15 yard penalty. Like if you hit him, like, you know, unless you put 15 yards and get a field goal attempt, but, um, yeah, we last few years have been horrible containing, um, running quarterbacks. But what I'm most worried about probably like their pass rush, like mm-hmm. especially <laughs> on the right side. Look at you, Mike <laughs> Pylon. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, they have a m- bunch of guys. I don't know, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, all these guys, they, they could rush the passer. Um, and uh, you know I'm not worried about the left side, but the right one, hopefully we don't have to use Kittle as a six-lineman all game. Hopefully we don't have to use him in the backfield. But, yeah, that's what I'd be the most worried about because we saw yesterday. I mean, Dallas got after it. So,
0: so round one, DK Metcalf went off, but a lot of that was in garbage time, you know, after you guys had taken a two- or three-score lead. Week two of the playoffs – CeeDee Lamb had a really good game yesterday, um, but for the most part, you contained the Dallas passing attack. Dak only threw for, well, like 202 yards, so you did your job there. Uh, The thing that I would say, and I'll ask you this, Johan, does facing an Eagles team that has not only A.J. Brown, but Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard to a lesser extent, but does a team with multiple weapons that would be considered elite worry you, given that it's going to be Lenore and Ward and the other Ward, Jimmy Ward, trying to cover these pass-catching options for the Eagles. Is that as worrying to you as, you know, Joey's worried about the pass rush, or is it something that you think D'Amico Ryans can scheme to kind of get them a chance?
1: I'll be honest. That's actually 1B. If 1A was Jalen, 1B is the the receivers. Both of those guys that you had mentioned, they're both 1,000-yard receivers this season. I believe Devontae Smith's got 1,400 A.J. Brown, eleven hundred. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, and also our offense is not built to win in a shootout. So quite honestly, it, it's really going to depend on how well we can contain him, how well we can contain Jalen Hurts. We don't necessarily have to sack per se, but just contain him just enough so he either doesn't scramble and pass to one of those guys for a long broken play or scramble for a first down but that offense man it's scary it's mm-hmm. scary
0: so Joey going into this game obviously my first thought would be the way the path for the Niners to win is going to be to reestablish the running game because that's their red and butter especially given that the pass rush is insane for for philadelphia perhaps even better than dallas's i believe the eagles are the first team ever to have four guys with 10 or more sacks in one season so when you go into this game are you looking for like early in the first quarter like i need to see this team run the ball effectively or you're going full panic mode
2: that'll be the first thing i'm looking for because um looking at today like yeah every team i don't care if you're the 72 dolphins 85 bears whatever it is you have a weakness somewhere and the Eagles, I believe, are 26th in the league in run defense. Um, first against the
0: pass. Yeah, yeah first
2: against the pass. Unlike Dallas. Like, Dallas was up there in DV- overall DVOA, but they were, I believe, fifth in run defense mm-hmm. DVOA. So it wasn't a total shock that they were able to uh, contain us a bit there. But that's where Philly's weak. They do not stop the run. They're dead last in the league, I read, in third and fourth down running. Um, run defense so i'm sure that gets kyle just bricked up at night getting ready to run the ball all day in philly um because that's where they're going to have success if they do um i don't know if it'll be throwing the ball they have great corners they could get after the quarterback um but yeah like you said aj brown uh yeah he torched us last year as a member of the titans um i know this year we have trevarius ward who i think has i mean dallas didn't even throw at him i think they targeted like three times only completed one pass um but yeah i i feel like it's more of like i mean seattle's not that much different than philly with those two i mean because i mean i would take tyler lockett over Devontae smith i i I mean it's pretty much the same except and seattle's got a great run game like philly the only difference is jalen hurts is probably a step up of a geno smith even though geno had a heck of a year um
0: and the defense is several steps up from Seattle's defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But, like, in terms of, like, well, we have to stop? Yeah, mostly Jalen Hurts. But, yeah, I'd, it's running the ball, running right. the ball. And and sometimes when Goliath faces Goliath, like, your Goliath has to be better that day. <laughs> and the Niners' defense is Goliath because I guarantee you they, they're circling 97. They're, they're sure as hell after like yesterday circling 54 because he was the best player on the field yesterday. Um, the I mean, they did, if somebody was going to stop Philly, it's going to be the Niners. Um,
0: Joey, you, you just listed some like impact players from yesterday's game. Obviously Warner, probably the player of the game yesterday. Uh, Johan, if you're going into this game, I find myself doing this when it's like the Vikings in a huge game. I'm like, you know, we need Jefferson to be a superstar in this game or we need Eric Kendricks to have one of those like all-time performances for us to have a chance. When you go into this game, like who is the impact player on the 49ers that like, if you see him starting well in the first quarter, you're like, we are going to win this game.
1: BCB man. It, it all really comes down to him. We haven't seen Brock play in a away game to this magnitude. So it's really going to come down to how well and how poised he is. I'm feeling pretty good about it, given that he hasn't that made any mistakes. He's also just mobile enough to keep it from going third and 15, third and 17, mm-hmm. to just keeping it third and 10. I mean, that that's huge within itself. He's able to just scramble just enough and throw it away. So it, it's weird because it's not something you think about or is a sexy stat, but I'm pretty sure it's one of those situations with Jimmy and him taking the sack those those 7 yards come up big and you know to go back to the Dallas game you see some of those first downs were like just enough <laughs> so right. had had that been a, a third and 22 or something like that maybe those first downs don't happen but i i really do think it comes down to to Brock Purdy i
0: i ask you that question and you're like BCB i'm like okay CMC is McCaffrey I'm like who the fuck is BCB oh that's right yeah large johnson brock yes That guy. Joey, I'll ask you the same question.
2: Montana, whatever you want to call him.
0: (laughs) Joey, I'll ask you the same question. Who's the player that when you're watching the Niners, especially in these playoff games, you're like, if you see him getting going early, you're like, we are going to win this game.
2: Probably, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, probably. Because if he's up, if he's doing well, that means they're running the ball. That means they're staying ahead of the sticks. That means they're, like you said, they're not in third and 12. They're in third and four. They're in third and five third and two whatever it is I, I he's a big one especially because if there was a weakness on philly's defense other than their run defense maybe their linebackers and they'd be the guys covering mccaffrey out on routes um yeah it'd be probably him
0: that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's why they paid as much in draft capital as they did. He, he's got to be their impact performer in this game. This is why you trade both of for them, him. really.
2: I mean, him and Mitchell. Like, they both got to be keep them fresh. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle says we're running it forty times. Mm-hmm. I know that's his. He, he's he said before that's his number. Like against the Rams, some of those games where they just go up to the line of scrimmage and feels like they're just say, telling the Rams we're we're running left or we're running right, and. uh that's the only thing they call in the huddle. Which way are we going? Because we're running the <laughs> ball. Um,
0: kind yeah. of a lot like the, the the 2012 Vikings offense where the only playbook uh, entry was, hey, diddle diddle, AP up the middle. When the Niners are rolling, it is going to be McCaffrey left, McCaffrey right, Mitchell left, screen pass to McCaffrey right. Like That's what I'm looking for as a neutral is early in the game, if Hertz is running around and you know getting first downs with his legs, I'm terrified if I bet on San Francisco. And then if I bet on the Eagles and I see McCaffrey bottled up for seven carries for 22 yards in the first half, I'm like, this game's over. It's all Eagles from there. So uh, last question before we pivot over to the other game, Um, D'Amico Ryan's probably would win assistant coach of the year. If they had that award again, last week, they gave up uh, three points in the second, was it three or six, whatever it was, it was in single digits. He's, he's, all year, he's been doing this with this defense. Obviously, very talented defense, but incredible coaching job by D'Amico Ryans. Do you feel that the biggest reason for being confident going into this game for Niners fans is the Niners defense and D'Amico Ryans, given that you are starting a rookie quarterback? So, Johan, Johan I'll start with you. Do you think that the Niners defense is the key to victory on Sunday?
1: I do. I do. I do think it's going to be up to the Niners defense to set the pace. If I'm being honest, I feel like it's a coin toss in that if Philly gets going, it's a fast paced game, high scoring. We don't stand a chance. If we set the tone, set up a grind it out type of game, it favors us. So I I really do believe that that's going to be the key to victory in this one.
0: Joey, I would imagine you feel the same way that if it's a slugfest, kind of like the Dallas game was, that as long as Purdy doesn't turn over the ball, you guys are going to win on the backs of your defense. But are you worried that if it turns into a shootout, there's just no way you can compete despite having all those offensive weapons because you have a seventh-round rookie starting the game? Or are you like, if our defense is good, we're good, and we're winning this game?
2: If our defense is good, if they play like they did yesterday, I'm, I'm very confident. Um, but do I think they? I mean, as great as they are, do I think they're going to do that again on the road with an even better offense? Uh, I mean, like, is the number twenty? Is it twenty-four? Like, what you know? What do we hold? I mean, the biggest, the first thing I would say is, is is do we turn the ball over? I mean, if Brock and if we don't turn the ball over, you know, Ray Ray notwithstanding, um, offense didn't turn the ball over. If, If that happens, that I think helps us immensely because it's going to be very different going to the, going to the Lincoln Philly. Um, it's going to be nuts. I'm kind of happy that it's the first game and not, and not the night game there. Cause I feel like night you just, people just liquored up all day. She's going to get really nuts. Maybe not as nuts. Another thing. How's the weather? Like, is it to Like if it's, if it's a cold, windy, wet? Wet? like, does that slow Jalen down? Does that slow their, like the Niners have been in those games. I mean, they played in Lambeau last, like they, I mean the Niners have this group has played in a lot of big games. Mm-hmm. And
0: you would I think don't cold know how many Philly would has suit them, in. yeah.
2: Like people want us to talk about the Niners strength of schedule. They finished 31st in strength of schedule. Philly finished dead last in strength of schedule. They played the Giants. And as much as I picked them, I was wrong. <laughs> they suck. And and a lot like Dallas, like everyone was like, look at Dallas, so oh, they're coming. They played Tampa, and they they suck. <laughs> so does Philly get a little bit? I mean, if I'm super optimistic, do they get a little shocked at first? Like, I mean, you know, if they put Sanders up the middle and, and he gets rocked by one of those linebackers, whatever one pick pick one, they all hit like a Mack truck. Like, it's just like okay, that's that's different. It's cold. It's I don't know. I mean, that's wishful thinking. I mean, none of that could very well. None of that could happen, and, and I could see the Niners getting boat raced. I mean, I could, but I could, I could see, you know, I don't. It, it's weird. I it like they, Philly was terrible at the end of the regular season compared to what they were. I mean, they were looked, they looked unstoppable the first 14, 15 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. I know Jalen gets hurt, but I don't know. I, I they they play the Giants like then the Niners have they've been been in big games and i hope i hope that matters sunday it very well couldn't very well might not but
0: a lot um, more 2019 and 2021 niners on this current roster than there are 2017 eagles like this is a more seasoned roster that like despite having the disadvantage at quarterback with a 7th round rookie versus hurts who's you know an mvp candidate you have the experience and you have the coaching staff and the defense that's been there before so Big moment this weekend. Sounds like you guys have some some cautious optimism. Uh, I, as we'll get to later, am thinking this is kind of the Eagles time after what I saw against the Giants last week, but we'll see. Um, let's talk a little bit about the AFC Championship game, which is going to be 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific next week. The late game always seems like, for whatever reason, the NFC game is always the late game, but this year it's the AFC Um What percentage health does Mahomes need to be at for Kansas City to win this game? That's my question. It's like, I bet on Cincinnati because I think he's at like 30%, 40%. Like, high ankle sprain is He might be
2: at like zero.
0: That's what I'm saying. High ankle sprain is a three- to four-week injury. Some guys, it's as much as six weeks. If you're Jimmy,
2: it's an eight- to ten-week injury.
0: That's what I'm saying, is he could not hand the ball off. For the second half of that game without just wincing in pain and crow hopping and like stumbling out of the gate. So I'll start with I'll start with you, Joey. What is the like plan for Kansas City? Like, say you go into that first quarter and it's clear that he's just hobbling around. Like they have to go all run game from there. What percentage health would you say Mahomes needs to be at for KC to win the game? Because I say it's like maybe sixty percent, seventy percent, but I think he's at like thirty.
2: I think that's very generous. I think the Bengals are damn good. I think he needs to be 100, and he's not. Um, They might, I mean, uh, it's it's hard because he just did beat Jacksonville, but the way that injury is, he's going to feel worse like tomorrow and Wednesday, and it's going to swell up. And at, do they consider putting Chad Henney in if he looks awful, like he can't move? And... 'Cause I think the Bengals are gonna go up and down the field. They've already had their number with him healthy. Mm-hmm. And when he's not, I mean, we saw Chad Henney came in and and Andy Reed Andy Reed's a Hall of Fame coach. Went like ninety ninety one yards or whatever it was. Ninety eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was ninety plus yard drive, touchdown. Like, you know, that I'm not saying start Chad Henney, but get him in the bullpen. First inning
0: absolutely i mean johan you were saying the same thing throughout that game you're like he should first of all he shouldn't be out there but secondly like is there any chance that he can even give them half of what they expect from him next sunday considering it's an injury that's like three to four weeks at best case scenario and it's like there's no doubt that he's gonna play but you don't foresee him being effective next week right no i don't
1: no i don't i mean unless he's Hitting up those bath bombs and that jazz bath in that locker room, as he (laughs) says in the State Farm commercial. I I just don't see it, man. I I really don't. And I I agree with Joey in that he's got to be 100%. I mean, since he's going to bring it, they're going to bring it hard. And I feel like that's going to be a shootout.
0: Yeah, if and, and I I thought the same thing. The over-under was set at 47.5. If Mahomes is healthy, it's like 56, because they're like, this game is going to be 31-28 with the two best quarterbacks probably in the NFL, but the total is much lower, and the line is much lower because they're like, dude, this guy cannot move, so uh we'll get to that in my picks of the week, but Not looking good for Kansas City with Mahomes' health. I mean, obviously Reed, great coach, great team with a lot of weapons. Improved defense, I think, from where they were the last couple years. But God, with Mahomes being as injured as he is and trying to play, does not look good for KC. Um, Really quickly before we get to my you like that picks of the week, Uh, some outside of just this week's games and the playoffs in general, some coaching hires and quarterback movement, uh, has already started a lot of rumors about, you know, who's going where McVay has settled and he's going to stay in LA, which as Niner fans, you guys got to be like, damn, we almost got him out of the building, but he is committing to the rebuild. I'm kind of
2: happy he's back. Just like, I just, it's just good for the sport. It just is. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I it would have been, yeah. Would it have helped? Sure.
1: I'm but not going to lie. I, I, I'm happy he's back as well, but for a totally different reason. I'm not going to lie. I, I was a McVeigh hater when he first came in. I was like, dude, this guy is as old as I this am. Ever not <laughs> like, Is This guy is as old as I am. And he's like way more balling than I am. But at the same time too. You know he ne- he never had to rebuild and eat the dog shit years that kyle did so it'll be interesting to see what he does with practically nothing and mm-hmm. with zero capital to work with so i feel like hey man you got you've got to pay your dues and i also I felt, felt like too I, I i feel like hey man he he skipped the line and now it's it's all coming back so hey we all gotta eat shit sometime but
0: <laughs> You were texting me about that. That you're like, it's good to see a guy actually be like, "Hey, I'm going to see this through," instead of being like, "I got here, I turned this into a Super Bowl contender immediately. I'm the best young coach in the league, and the second something doesn't go my way, adios. I'm going." To that
2: would have been. That would have been. People would have said, would have talked about that for a while.
0: Oh yeah, and but he's sticking to it, so I give McVay all the credit. But uh, as we were talking about last week, basically all of the open jobs in the NFL are crap jobs, but. The rumor coming out today is that Sean Payton is having a second interview with the Broncos, and that is looking more likely as the owners of Walmart are looking like the only people that are willing to give him the insane amount of money that he's asking. The rumors he's asking for four years, $100 to come out of, quote-unquote, retirement. And you have to give like a first- or a second-round pick to the Saints to trade for him. So it's like getting a little crazy there with the Broncos rumor mill. What do you think of Sean Payton to the Broncos, which is all the talk this week?
1: dude ted dibiase man everyone's got a price everyone's <laughs> got a price it's, it'll, it'll be interesting um i i don't i it just smells like it could blow up
2: i i think so
0: too if i'm being <laughs> like,
2: honest like if you gotta pay a guy an astronomical amount of money to get
1: him out of retirement like i i didn't work like, with gruden that was gonna say it's, it, it feels like gruden the sequel right it's just hopefully it doesn't go down that same path though yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, i don't know it's
1: just
2: it's just it's just do you hear the rumor of him teaming with brady to go to carolina did you hear that
0: i did see that and i just dismissed that out of hand i was like that's not possible but they're like maybe tepper gives brady a small bit of ownership in carolina to entice him there i'm like god that is just
1: Hey, man, everyone's this got feels a price.
0: Very,
2: this, <laughs> feels, this feels very NBA-ish, and uh, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you, you look around the league and all these available positions, and it's like like last year with Miami, where they eventually go with McDaniel, which was obviously the right move. But they if the Flores lawsuit doesn't drop, it's Sean Payton and Tom Brady in Miami, and they entice him there with ownership stakes. Like It used to just be you interview the hot offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator from the team that made the Super Bowl. Like, that's just what it is. Every the hot time. take is,
2: I don't even know why Tom Brady's that sought after. <laughs> a
0: 46-year-old next 46. year? 46.
2: Like, even if it works, like, do you know how perfect it has to work? Like, you have to win a Super Bowl. Like, this is the only reason why he's still playing. Like, there are other good teams, too. Like, you have to win a Super Bowl. He has to not, like, die on can't move he does not want to take hits like and if it does work if all these things add up and it works he retires like he that's it and you have to find another coach another quarter like that's if it works and if it works great
0: if he had lost to kansas city in the super bowl in 2020 People would be like, that's out of the question to sign him at 46. But because he did the I switch teams and immediately won the Super Bowl in year one, somebody's like, hey, we can do that now too. And it's like, man, it's the, the coaching carousel with the quarterback well, carousel Stafford is like it. entwined now. Cause yeah, Stafford did it. Yep. And but people like, are if, like,
2: if Tart catches the freaking ball, like, <laughs> we're not talking about it. And, you know, th- then, then Denver's like, oh, we can do it. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> you know, all these they're going to talk about it with Rodgers like Tennessee or the Jets they're going to be like, we get Rodgers we're good like nope it's hard like that doesn't happen mm-hmm. it it it's like like even I I mentioned Brady but just side note like why would people even want Rodgers like he was not good he's going to be 39 40 and he comes with just an, a ridiculous amount of headaches around the building
0: and 50 million dollar salary a year and then like exactly I mean, it's a you crazy situation. Draft guy,
2: maybe in the seventh round, he might turn out to be a good team player. You know, That's what I'm football. saying.
0: Texans, Panthers, um, Broncos, all these teams would be served to just hire a young head coach with an offensive background, draft a quarterback and just go that route. I'm shocked at seeing all this stuff around the league about buku bucks for Sean Payton and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and you know, some team giving up four first rounders or three first rounders for Lamar Jackson. I'm like, just draft a guy. You know, the Niners got a franchise quarterback in seventh round last year. All the teams that are best set up for long-term success, they drafted their quarterback. So it's like, I don't get what's going on here with this coaching carousel. We'll, we'll obviously go into that more in the Super Bowl preview pod and the um, the uh, end of season pod previewing. The, Carson
2: the Wentz will be, a- be available. You can try that again.
0: That's what I'm saying. Somebody's going to get screwed in the musical chairs where they're going to get no quarterback or a shit ass head coach. But that's the way I'll write
2: a good review for uh, Jimmy. They'll write a good letter of recommendation.
0: Jimmy will be starting for someone week one next year, and it will not be the Niners. Uh, So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll obviously get into that more in the uh, offseason preview pod. Uh, But a lot of crazy coaching hires and QB movement coming up. Uh let's pivot over. We're going to the You Like That picks of the week. We were 25, 15, and 5 in the regular season, three and three so far in the playoffs. Last week we went with Cincinnati plus five. That got there easily. Niners minus three and a half. We squeaked across the line, but we got there. And then Joey really wanted the Giants. I take no credit for that loss, but we have to we have to mark it down in our record keeping. Giants plus seven and a half was dead in the first quarter. Uh, but overall, good season for us, and there's only three games left to bet on, so we're going to do all of them. Uh, we don't Usually I try to err on the side of let's only do a, a game or two each week, but we ha- we've been given out five in the regular season and then three in the playoffs. We're going to go with only two bets this week because there's only two games. I did look at some over-under possibilities, but I am just going to go straight up. Philly minus two and a half, which I already bet. I bet it at minus two, and then Cincinnati plus one. Uh, Some shops have moved it to minus one, but there's still some places you can bet that it's at plus one. So going super simple this week. What I saw last week was a Philly team that is shockingly healthy. Lane Johnson looked great. Jalen Hurts looked great. Offense looked great. Defense looked great. I saw everything I needed to see. I am on Philly minus two and a half. And then in the late game, it's not just a play on Mahomes is hurt, although that is a lot of my calculus and betting Cincinnati plus one, which I bet. A lot more than I care to admit when that line opened yesterday. I really think that even if Mahomes was 100%, Cincinnati would have been a good bet in this game anyway. I got crushed on it last year when I bet against Burrow in the AFC Championship. I am not going to do it again, especially with Mahomes hurt, especially with this underachieving Chiefs team, which they've only won that AFC Championship two out of five times so far under Andy Reid. And they were you know, good performances, but there's been a lot of really close ones that they've underperformed in. So going on recent history, going on Mahomes' health, I really like Burrow to come through in that spot. Fellas, we'll start with Johan. What do you think of those picks? Philly minus two and a half and Cincy plus one. Am I am I barking up the right tree here?
1: Oh, man, dude. I, and I, I hate to admit this, man, but I'm actually gonna go Philly minus seven. Like just seeing what Mahomes did to us and knowing that Jalen is just that much faster and how Philly is that unmovable force, I I can just see this thing going sideways real quick. I was talking about it with a friend for quite some time in preparation for this, and I, I don't know, man. It just it just does not feel good at all.
0: The the fan side of you says we can hang in this game, we got the horses, but the logic side says you think Philly is going to win by a touchdown or more?
1: I, I do. I <sighs> do.
0: It hurts to hear, but it's it's good that you're you're thinking with your brain and not with your heart, Joey. What are you thinking about those picks, Philly? Minus I'm like, two like the and exact half. opposite. Oh boy, nice.
2: Not like not like that. I think they're going to, but like the fan in me says this could all go wrong and we lose forty to nothing. And I'm in the fetal position at about three <laughs> thirty afternoon. That's the fan. The like the more rational side is like I mean yeah very well could go to crap I mean it very well could like there's a there's a, clearly a path for Philly to 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 take apart the defense to to get after Brock yeah but there's also a path for the Niners to run the ball on this team and not give Philly the ball and I mean Philly has to <laughs> Philly has to drive the ball in this defense and they very well could and. I I guess the Dallas thing kind of makes me a little like, like I I said earlier, they were a shock to, you know, or they played Tampa and it's like, okay, wow, this could be tough. And it it was, but I mean, are the Giants that bad? Maybe the Giants are really good and Philly's that good. But I'm hoping that at least maybe part of that was because they played the Giants. I'm hoping. But I mean, if I was betting, well, if I was actually betting, I'd bet Philly and I'd put a lot of money because I either want to be, uh, <laughs> I either want to win or I want my team to win. Right. So yeah, I'd bet Philly.
0: And then Cincinnati, you're, you've you been on there. Oh, I would have bet
2: Cincinnati if, you've if, been, if the Chiefs were healthy and rolling. You've been riding been, yeah, I've been, for
1: months. Yeah. I, I've been riding them since the, the end of the regular season or at least towards the middle. I, I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling that th- they're that quiet horse that's just gonna come out of nowhere, and and they really have. But like, I don't know why. I think it's just the media, right. man. I I believe everyone was just on that two horse race between Kansas City and Buffalo, and I remember just looking at the standings each and every week, and you see it's like, oh wow, since he's quietly in the mix,
0: they've won ten in a row, and the and the Niners have won twelve in a row. It's like. You really don't see those coming into the playoffs too often. But I think also part of the reason since he's been discounted is Zach Taylor. And count me as somebody who's been discounting that guy for years now. And I mean, that's a well coached team. Their defensive coordinator, Anna Rumo, has done a great job. Like, it's an impressive team. I'm picking them to go on the road to KC at the KC AFC Invitational yet again and win. So, Here here we go. Here are the picks, the final picks uh, before we get to the Super Bowl. Uh, You like that picks of the week for the divisional or for the uh, championship round. We're going Philly minus two and a half and Cincy plus one. Those are your picks of the week. Joey, it's time for your feels great baby, your wildest take you feel best about currently. And uh, you got one that's along the same lines of what we were just talking about, but taking it to a whole
1: nother level.
2: I feel pretty great about saying that the Bengals are the new top dog in the NFL. I think Joe Burrow is—I don't want to say he's there yet—but if he wins again Sunday, and if he wins the Super Bowl, which they would be my pick, they are my pick. Um, I mean, he's going to have the Super Bowls. He's going to have, you know, the the win, the the head-to-head wins. I four zero against
0: Mahomes if he wins next yep. week,
2: and 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 the Bengals are the, the he's going to have it, and the Bengals are going to have it over the Chiefs, and you know as much as we all love Mahomes, he's damn good. I mean, he's I'd argue he's already if he never plays again, he's already a Hall of Famer, and and it's like they only have one Super Bowl, and like it's really hard to get one. It's it might be harder to get that second, which is where you put the Bengals got to get one, but. If I was uh taking stock of the each team the next five years, boy, the Bengals look, look like they're the team that uh most people are gonna be chasing.
0: Their contention window, according to Joe Burrow, is as long as I'm playing quarterback.
2: I just love that guy. First <laughs> I, and it, foremost, he goes by Joey. Let's all get that let's all <laughs> get that squared away. You've seen his autograph, you've seen his Twitter, Joey Burrow.
1: It's it's pretty cool to see also a highly touted college quarterback actually do well right Uh you 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 hear about all these big names and the national championship games and then they flame out one way or another but it's actually pretty cool to see him do so well in college and then transition to the nfl like like he's never skipping a beat
0: I tell everybody that my favorite team is the Vikings and my second favorite team is like whoever's playing the Packers that week. But my third favorite team is whatever fucking team Joe Burrow's on. I am all in on this guy. Let's look at his last 4 years. 2019, best player maybe in the history of college football.
2: That might has, be the best team, the best seed ever.
0: Yeah, in the history if of the sport. You look at that
2: that team was that team was the absolutely most stacked absolutely team loaded.
0: He puts up, he goes 15 and 0. He wins the title game against Trevor Lawrence, going away like it's effortless, through like six touchdowns. In I what I was going to say he
1: threw like six or seven touchdowns or something ridiculous just, like that.
0: We're talking about maybe the greatest season in the history of amateur athletics, period, not just football. Follows that up by going number one in the draft. He tears his ACL midway through his first season in the NFL. And we think, God, there's another. Guy who was well on his way to become one of the best players in the league completely derailed. Comes back, beats Mahomes twice in his first, like, full healthy season as an NFL quarterback, including in the AFC championship game. Is one play away from winning the Super Bowl with Zach fucking Taylor as its head coach. Comes back the next year. The team is even better than they were last year. He is even better than he was last year. And that team loves him. It's he is on the ascension, on the plane to being the new Tom Brady. I texted you this, and you go, actually, he was the first overall pick. Joey said this. He goes, he was the first overall pick, so we expect this from him. The new Tom Brady is actually Brock Purdy. I was like, okay. Everybody hold their horses here. But, uh, I mean, you're, you're saying that, you know, Joey B and the Bengals have overtaken Mahomes and the Chiefs as the best team in the league now and for the future, and I kind of have to agree with you. I definitely would not have said that before the season and would not have said that before the playoffs. But from what I've seen to this point, there's no reason to disagree with that for sure.
2: Nope. I I mean, you could, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I think it'd be a long shot, but I mean, I think the chiefs could win this game. I, I, I mean, Andy Reid's a hall of fame coach and, and you know, I, you sometimes have to win with your backup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Chad Henney did okay, but yeah, the Bengals, I think, are just an absolute machine right now. And,
0: uh, yeah, knows, maybe, us... maybe
2: the AFC invitational moves to Cincinnati from now on, but the problem is, I think Cincinnati plays in a much tougher division.
0: Oh, that's another one there. Joe Burrow is now, uh, four and oh on the road as a postseason quarter or three I think he's
2: already the, the Bengals' all time postseason wins leader.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I, I think I heard that earlier today as well. Now, granted, he didn't have that much competition to, to go through, but Carson Palmer could win a game.
0: Yeah. And Andy Dalton was 0-4 or 0-5, I believe, as the starter for the Bengals in the playoffs. Burrow comes in, wins his first three playoff games, loses a Super Bowl barely. Then the next season wins two, including one on the road in a snowstorm. It's like this is this is the guy as the youths. Say they
2: won last year and they spotted the Chiefs 18 points, 18 exactly
0: points, eight. 21 to three. And I thought that game was over, and my Kansas City ticket was in the bag. And then I got Joe Scheisted right there with an incredible performance. But as the youth say, uh, he is him, and he really is. I mean, the guy is the hot ticket in the NFL right now. If you're on TikTok, uh, he is on both male and female. Yep, TikTok. My wife knows who, who he is. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I keep getting this one where it's like. This guy's like, do you think your wife doesn't know who Joe Burrow is? Your wife knows Joe Burrow. She knows what kind of cologne he wears. She, I'm like, whoa, what is this? And then you see a thousand TikTok stitches with all these people that are like, yep, he likes Chanel. I'm like, oh, my God. This guy is just off the charts right now. But good on him. He's having his moment. He appears to he's be one of those.
2: New... He's one of those guys that, like, like I text you, like, he's got the men and the women. But, like, it, 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 it takes a special guy to like have like the looks like i mean you say this obviously not the talent but like like with jimmy like obviously look at him.
1: he's not going to be jimmy
2: <laughs> look, at look at him but like every guy on that team would run through a wall for that guy and usually when you're the best looking richest guy in the room like you get people looking at you sideways and and with jimmy and with uh joey b it's 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 the opposite
0: it's incredible. He is he's the guy right now and I think he's one win away from kind of cementing himself as the new standard in the league. Uh obviously Mahomes' injury is a killer because if he was healthy, he could have planted that flag and said nobody's taken this f- for me from for a decade if he won this game and was 100% healthy, but with that big injury, it's People all there People didn't for really bag
2: off. on Mahomes for last year. I mean, that was that was a that was a bad loss. It
0: was. It was really he bad. was bad in the second half. I thought completely off topic. I thought he was concussed in that game. I thought there was a hit late in the second quarter and he tried to play the second half injured. He was just awful in that second half. That's a story for another day. Uh, let's close the pod. We're, we're getting a little long winded here. Uh, last thing before we go, I was thinking about this when I was texting you both. And then the previous week when the Seahawks were in the playoffs and I'm texting my brother and you know, my uncle's a big Niners fan. What it's like for us when you're watching the biggest games with your team in them. So, like for the privileged fans like you guys, this is your third time in, you know, four seasons where your team gets to the NFC championship game. But before that, it was a long, long time for the Niners. You had the Harbaugh years were good, but it was lean, lean years before that, going back to when you both were kids. It's like, for the Niners, for the Sharks, for the A's, whoever your teams are, when you play in these enormous games as a fan, it takes a toll on you. I'm just listing games. You know, Niners' NFC Championship this year. Last year they also made the NFC Championship 2019. They went to the Super Bowl. Um, Joey, the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup Final in 2016. That you know,
2: feels like 50 years ago. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and you know, Sharks went to the Stanley Cup uh, Conference Finals in 2019. Johan, you're a Warriors guy as well. They went to the NBA Finals, what, six times in the last you know, eight seasons. What is it like for you guys as sports fans, even as we're getting older? When we're kids, it's one way, but even as we're getting older, when – kickoff finally happens when that game starts and your team is either playing to go to the championship round to the super bowl to the world series whatever it is or you know when your team is in the biggest game of all what is that feeling like like this is why we're sports fans right starting with you joey
2: i always keep going back to this because it's so funny but it's so perfect i saw a tweet might have been like seven or eight years ago And it was during some playoff hockey game. I don't think it was like the Sharks, but I was just scrolling through in this. And the guy was talking about playoff hockey, specifically overtime. But it applies to to this topic. That watching your favorite team in a big game is like snorting cocaine and then riding a motorcycle out of a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's like. And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't do that. I don't recommend it. But I feel like that's what I'm experiencing right now because like it's just like I don't I mean I literally I don't think I sat down yesterday for like four hours <laughs> and um, it's it's like you said like you know if I didn't do like where else do you find this juice like it's why the players do it but they play like but why do we do it it's like there's there's just nothing I'd rather be doing and the worst part is like I always being a Sharks fan you're like is this really worth it is all this pain worth it. And the good thing is, is seeing both them and, you know, most of my life, like you were saying, the Niners being, I mean, almost a total dumpster fire most of my life. Like, no, it's worse when you're just apathetic. You don't even care. Like, cause it's just nothing, nothing in your life matters. Food doesn't even taste the same, (laughs) you know, like just your job sucks. Everything just, everything just sucks. And no, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, you see the good. You see, you see the the great in me, and you'll see the bad in me, in a game like that. Because, like, boy, if your team loses, it's like, okay, everyone out of my way. No one talking to me. No one do anything. And I swear to God, if somebody says like, they will get them next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Johan, you you got you know one of the biggest games for you as a sports fan in a long time coming up on Sunday. What kind of emotion does that? you know, conjure up in you when you know, okay, my team is playing to go to the Super Bowl.
1: Man, I've been, I've been watching sports for a long time and not just football, but basketball, soccer, Olympic, power walking, golf. <laughs> and each time I we get into these big moments, it, it always comes back to just don't fuck this up. <laughs> like, right. I, I, I think I can I can accept very loosely when my team does well, but they were just outplayed. Mm-hmm. But if they just totally botched it, it, it is a really tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, though, and I, I'm a little bit older than you guys. The only thing that's more suspenseful and causes that much more of the nervous farts is when your kids start playing sports. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those situations. You know, my my kid was doing baseball last year. He did really well. But it always got to the situation to where he's that bat, and I'm like, dude, just just don't be that kid. Like I know <laughs> no one's gonna get mad, but like don't be the loser kid that strikes out. <laughs> don't be the don't be the kid that, that that causes the team to lose. Just don't be that guy. And then it's just it gets my heart racing he 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 gets a double. I'm like, okay. Cool. And then the next kid uh, strikes out, and I'm like, all right, well, what a fucking loser, man. But hey, at least not <laughs> it's like, my kid. That's funny because it's like, well, if
2: my kid makes a mistake, I'll be like, well, this guy also did, so he won't be the only one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's
1: just, just just don't be the reason why they lose. So that was my mentality coming into each and every season for sports is just, just don't be the bottom half of 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 the team and just don't be the reason why you lose and it it, it, it's wild man like for example we i just did tryouts or evaluations over the weekend and the competitive guy in me was like just ball out just ball out just don't be the the gumpy kid you know holding the bat in reverse and whatnot but Hmm. man sports will do it to you
0: yeah it will Uh, i was was thinking thinking i was
1: thinking
2: about this Sorry, but I was thinking about this, like, being a sports fan for, you know, as long as I can. I mean, I'd say, like, 20 years, probably, like, really taking it seriously. Like, even when I was 10, like, I remember being really, like, I punched a hole in my wall (laughs) after. um, But, like, I've only had two days in my life where I woke up and, and, like, my team had a shot that day to, like, finally do it. And it was yeah. both the Niners' Super Bowls. My nose bled for no reason during the Ravens <laughs> Super Bowl. I started bleeding. But like the Sharks were in the final the one year, but I mean they really were down the whole stage. And then they, yeah. they never got to a point where like this could be the this could be the day. Like I mean, like Eric, you know, like everyone's every sports fan knows it. Like that, like, like it's literally what I've thought about my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like
0: you know. And lucky you two, you've had two days, and then, Johan, you probably might remember the 95 Niners Super Bowl, but I have had zero days as an A's, Vikings, and Sharks fan. Zero days where I woke up and was like, my team could win the title today, because we've never even fucking got to that point. The closest I ever got was <laughs> Sharks 2016 Game 6, where it was in San Jose. I'm like, if they win this one, then the next day you know, they can win the title. And with the Vikings making five NFC championships, since I've been a fan, I've had a lot of, if they win this one, then the next one is the big game. I can't wait to get to that point. I don't
1: know. It's wild. It's, it's wild. When you think about some of these historic franchises that, and I hope it never gets there for you, man, I really don't, (laughs) but they, they, they have that narrative each and every year. Hey, we'll get them next year. and, And all we can do is hope that we're going to be able to see a parade in our lifetime, right? But can you imagine, like, a Cubs fan, especially a Cubs fan that lived past 100? You're like, dude, I'm 100 years old. It's got to happen. And then it doesn't. You're like, you you died the year before they win. like.
0: See, this is what I think think of when I think about sports is, like, I am a Vikings fan and an A's fan because of my dad. I'm a Sharks fan because of my grandpa. I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan because I picked up soccer when I was in college and I loved it. I I look at it through the prism of why I'm a fan. So, like, my dad has seen the A's win four World Series, okay? He went to the 72 World Series. He went to the 89 World Series. He saw that. My uncle is a Niners fan. He's seen the Niners win five Super Bowls. My brother is the biggest Seahawks fan in the world. He saw them go to two Super Bowls and win one of them. Go to three Super Bowls and win one of them. I have not seen fucking shit. Okay? So, like, I... That's so funny. The reason I wanted to talk about this is, like, the reason I, I mean, wanted to talk about, Sorry, about it is because I want to hear from you, too, because you are living right now what I want every year so badly, you know? So, we'll get
1: them next but, like, year, buddy. that's the thing.
2: That, that's the thing. Where you, you were saying... You know how you focus on like the Cubs and I've done that too. Like, wow, that like that's like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, does that happen to my team? I hope not. My two my like I I've been an ace fan. I, I actually was a bigger Warrior fan like when they were terrible back with you know Jason Richardson was my favorite player ever. Bob Jameson. All those guys. Like, but I just you know, like I've actually not really cared that the about the Warriors, just the NBA in general lately. Just I cannot stand the load management crap but anyways not my problem but like if you take like the sharks and niners, like the niners have won five times i keep hearing that i've never seen it like <laughs> and, and the so like the narrative is so different even though it's been like a really long time like they're not seen as like losers right now the sharks losers hmm. like
0: vikings like
2: there's, no, there, like there's no, like there's <laughs> no, there's no story. But uh, you, you said it like you, why you're a fan? I was just about to say, talk about that. Like, does it really? What does it mean? Like you say, say the Niners win the Super Bowl. Is it gonna change my life? When if I was younger, I would have said yeah, it would have changed my life. <laughs> but like now, I'm older. I'm
1: place a bet. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. You know, there's like real world problems. You know, like. Your house, like bills, all that stuff, right? It's like you're really gonna change my life. Not really. What it will do, or why I'm a fan, and I mentioned this going to the game last week, the wild card game. Like you're you're around people who care about it, like love it as much. You're high fiving people you would never even talk to if it wasn't for <laughs> this game. You're you're seventy thousand people leaving the stadium and they're all chanting, you know, you know, Purdy or whatever, and it's like you feel like you're at a seventy thousand like family reunion. Like it, it's it's like you don't get that anywhere else, especially now with the way you know just the world especially you know this country's so divided. It's just so pure and and like you know like you like I you know me and my dad spent hours hours watching games. I mean I, he was a fan I became a fan. we spent like sports and these teams are are the medium whatever you want to call it as to the memories you make with the people that you love and and more than I have thought about your team winning, like, yeah, would it be cool to see the Niners win the year bowl? You know what I think about just as much, if not more, like when it happens, like you hug your dad, your mom, your grand. Like yeah. you, I kill for the day, I get to smoke a cigar with like family, my my dad, friends, you know, like like pop champagne in the backyard. Like uh-huh. I like think about that. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even say, like, oh, we did it. I would just tell them that I loved him. Yeah. Like, like that's when, why you do it. Like that exactly. would change my life. Them, them winning would not change my life But it would change my life Getting to finally have that
0: Exactly like You like, think
2: about it You think like you have it Sorry You think <laughs> you have it When you get You know You get married Or you have a kid Whatever like, <laughs> like you think you get it But like I wasn't 10 years old Thinking about when I get married Or when I have a kid I was thinking <laughs> about When does my team win And that and, and for people like us That never leaves It never <laughs> goes away
0: When you're talking about like how you connect it to like, I want to be with my family when it happens. 2013 Super Bowl Seahawks Broncos. Evan didn't know, but I got a bottle of champagne and put it in the fridge without telling him. And then when he went in the backyard to like fire off the champagne and my mom's taking video... You know, he was, I think, 18, so he couldn't drink. But we're like, let's do it. Let him drink the whole bottle of champagne, have his great time, whatever. He's getting ready to fire it up. I took a giant bucket and filled it with ice water, and I dumped it on him right as he was about to do the champagne. I'm like, this is what it's all about: is you want to have that moment, and like,
2: I guarantee you, I wouldn't know. Never seen any of my team, but I guarantee you, Evan thinks about that more than he actually thinks about them beating the shit out of the Denver Broncos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is why we do it, folks. And I, I I was texting this to Joey yesterday. I, Especially during the Harbaugh era, I have disliked the 49ers because I grew up in Fremont. Every one of my friends was a Niner fan, and I'm a Viking fan. Everybody's just like, oh, the Vikings, oh, Brett Favre, Dante Culpepper, Ugh, whatever. I always hated the Niners, but I'm rooting for the Niners because I want to see you know, you, Johan, and you, Joey, and my uncle, Doug, and everybody get to celebrate their team winning the Super Bowl. Part of me, like I told you yesterday, Joey, there's a devil on my shoulder that's like, I want Purdy to throw three picks so people shut up. Oh, I
2: would, up. too. I text you, I like, was like, I would, too.
0: I want that a little bit. Like, the devil on my shoulder is like, i'm so tired of this fucking brock purdy bullshit on every radio station on every tv channel it's like it's it's the credit i'm like i want it to go away but then the other side of me is like i want my friends and family to be happy so you know what's
2: funny is when i when i met you like vikings were like damn good right like crazy and and the niners were like what's up tom Sula? (laughs) exactly
0: I remember right when we first met in college, I was like, I want to go to this thing at Cal State East Bay where they show the Monday night football games in the student union. And Brett Favre is starting against fucking Mark Sanchez on Monday night football. I got to go to that. And Joey's like, I think we got a a good thing with Alex Smith. He looks much better this year under uh,
1: Mike Singletary. I'm like, yeah, you do you, buddy. That's great. (laughs) And now look at us. Exactly. It's, it's funny hearing these stories of, you know, how we all became fans and whatnot. And I remember this was a pit, pivotal point in, in, in my life when I was trying to pick my teams and whatnot. And at that time, I I was a kid. I loved bottlenose dolphins, almost became <laughs> a Dolphins fan. Thank goodness that didn't happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's that. I laughed at Evan. Yeah,
2: just because you you told me he's like his first game he saw was the Super Bowl. The was it Seattle, Pittsburgh? And he's like, oh, I like Seattle. And it was just that was that yeah. even though even though like you and your dad and like it's like
0: we are a Vikings if family. If I was your dad, I'd be
2: like, I can't believe this. Guy.
0: <laughs> like all of my baby pictures. I'm wearing a Viking helmet or a Vikings onesie or whatever. That's we are a Vikings family. We go on. We had family who live in Spokane, Washington. We go on a road trip up there to go visit them and we stopped in seattle first and we went to the space needle and there was you know we went to the seahawks stadium and looked at the team shop and whatever and we're like oh this is cool evan immediately from that point is like i like the seahawks and he did not give up on them like they had the matt hasselbeck years you had the fucking seneca (laughs) wallace you had tarveris jackson and he did not give up and he got rewarded with the win and i'm like this is you know." Part of the reason I root for these teams that I shouldn't, like the Seahawks and the Niners and the Warriors and whatever, is because I want the people in my life to see a title. And we'll see if you guys get there uh, next week, if you give yourself Be an messy. opportunity. I mean, it
2: is is third, third time in four years. Like, that's...
0: These are the good times, and it, you have to enjoy them.
2: You do. Like, I still... like I, I Like, you know... Like I always wonder, like, do the Patriots ever do they? Do they ever get bored in those like twenty years? Like, do the fans stop buying like every single year like AFC champion T-shirt and like hat and whatever? And the and, answer and, is and, no. And, no. And, well, that's the thing. See, that's the thing. The, <laughs> since I've been shown, like, I mean, up until like recently, the Harbaugh years, and then the, you know, Sharks never win anything. Like, it's taught me like th- th- this could go away quickly like Mm -hmm. think about all the warrior fans that are like kind of relatively new like there are a lot of big long time like diehard warrior but like you come recently if you're like say you're 14 15 years old you're like oh this is great i'm like this is not supposed to be this easy
1: oh yeah (laughs) like you think about the how long the patriots were good for and, and you think about it some kids didn't know how bad they were right yeah or they went on that run just because they were so relevant for so long like no one remembers oh yeah pete carroll coached them at one point (laughs) or they weren't even (laughs) alive (laughs) when during those years so it's crazy to to think that there's just some kids out there and it's like wait what your team doesn't win every year (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: spoiled young warriors fans and we know quite a few of them uh a lot of tortured fan bases that are coming into this week thinking, is this finally the time? By the way, since he's never won a Super Bowl, they have their guy. They think they're going to get there. Philly's only won one. Cincinnati's won two, but they had like a 55-year wait in between wins. So, a lot of a lot of angst building up this weekend. And uh, it was good to talk to you both uh, and finally have a guest on our pod. And uh, this was a blast. Thank you for joining us, Johan. We'll be back again next week. Uh, for the Super Bowl preview pod, going over what happened in the conference championships. Uh, And thanks again for joining us. If you've been listening for all these weeks and you're sticking with us, uh, we got a few more pods before the season's over. So we appreciate uh, when everybody rates and subscribes and likes and follows and whatever you're doing. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll be back again next week and uh, hopefully celebrating a 49ers win for you guys. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining